Whenever you're good. Oh, 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 now, oh, now it's whenever I'm good, is it? Okay. Well, it usually fucking is. It's usually you that's blowing me off. Hello and welcome all in to the M.O. podcast. As always, you're here with me, Consumatious Ant. And me a little bit late, Atreya. Do you know what? I wasn't even going to mention it, but thank you for showing up today. Were. I think you were going to mention it. That's why I mentioned it first. Fair enough. I was fashionably late, okay? <laughs> yep. I've been waiting since yesterday, but whatever. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I get over it. Indeed, yes. Lee said quick is mended, so let's move yes. on. So, what you got for me this week? Today, we are on our last, our final, final can a Treya make me believe in the nonsense that she believes in? And today, it is a very famous story of The Exorcist. Go for it. I'll see what I can do. So, The Exorcist was a film, and that's all it was. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you all next week. <laughs> no. So, The Exorcist, I don't know if many people know this, was actually based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Quote marks, true story. It was true. Yeah, yeah of course it was, yeah. So, this was based on the exorcism of a young boy back in the 40s. And he doesn't really have a name uh, because, obviously, he was he was only... I think he was 13 at the time that this all happened. So, he wanted to keep privacy. And all the church's records on this have been sealed and they will not be reopened. Uh, apparently... The guy is still alive and living his life today, or he was a few years ago, because uh, 13 in 1949. Maybe the maths don't add up, but anyway. Uh, but he goes by the name of Robbie Mannheim, which for a, a non-diplum is quite very specific, to be honest with you. So It is. It's not like John Smith, is it? Yeah. I mean, there are reports of him called Ronald Doe as well, but mm-hmm. Ronald as well is quite... It's not like John Doe, but... Uh, yeah. But all the priests that were involved in this referred to him as Robbie. So, probably his name, really, because priests aren't going to keep in secrets, so. really. Uh, and with this being about exorcisms and demons... As you all may know, I am recently qualified to talk about this. <laughs> so you what? I can't believe you actually took the course. That's £34 ever spent. How, did, how long did it take you? Well, when I signed up to it, they said, uh, as soon as you complete this course, we'll send you your certificate out Uh or in 30 days' time, whichever one comes sooner. So, probably did it, started it about 30 days ago, really. Uh, yeah, but how long did it take you, like, to complete? Like, on a, like an hourly basis? Like, did it take you, like, you know, three hours or 
like 80 hours or what oh i mean it was it was hard work it was there was a lot of reading involved and praying and collecting <laughs> relics from temples but <laughs> it probably took about 3 hours is that it wow yeah and right. and you get as many goals as, as at the test as as you want wow yeah and some of the questions on the tests were like name a famous demonologist no yeah or name a famous demon wasn't i mean uh, how is that going to help you through an exorcism oh if only ed warren were here yes well what you mean you don't know the shall we just do the power of christ compels you shit yes yeah, just go for it in fairness in their defense they do they do have information on there about protection from demons what you can do to protect yourselves from demons uh wearing an iron cross is protection uh and using crystals can also help you as well uh but there is a disclaimer that says please don't try and summon demons in in the part that tells you how to summon demons uh so wow so it tells you how to do it and then just says, but don't do it. Yeah. I mean, it does say first off, we're going to tell you how to do it, but please don't do it. Uh, so you get a salt circle, you sit inside it. Uh, <laughs> I was literally just about to ask, so how do you do it? I forgot. It was a couple of days ago. Uh, well, you've got you, you've, you've got a diploma in demonology, but you cannot remember how to summon a demon. Right. right. Look, this is for educational purposes only. Let's see. No, that's protection. Summoning demons. So you need a black book. Any Don't black book? Or well, just... Apparently so. It just says a black book. A black book is said to contain instructions for communicating with spirits, angels and demons. Uh, right. But it doesn't tell you where you can pick them up. Right, okay. Uh, Handy. Yeah, you can have a sabbat. Which is like a uh, a black mass kind of thing. It's quite interesting because it does go on about a witch's sabbat where they they have sex with demons there. Oh, uh, lovely! Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, do you think they last very long? Demons? Yeah. I don't know. I bet they're really good in bed. I bet. I bet. I mean. I bet they I bet they're kinky as fuck, but I bet they're good. I bet they have volume. <laughs> Definitely. Thick. <laughs> like magma uh, <laughs> curses they've got curses in there Then it doesn't tell you any specific curse it just says you can curse people Ouija boards standards and mm -hmm. possessed items right so we yeah. just need to take a trip to Zach's place yeah pretty much uh, I mean it's got under the possessed items you well, if if the item was used as part of a violent death, e.g., a knife used in a stabbing, right? Yeah. I okay. Mean, uh, how yeah. would you how would you have that? Stab someone. Clearly. <laughs> I know, but I mean, like, then you would be arrested, and the knife would be taken off you. So then it would be no. locked in the evidence locker. So the only people really who should be summoning demons are police officers. Yeah, I mean, but not if you stab someone well enough and uh, then bury them. <laughs> True. 
So there's that. It does actually say mirrors are portals, which I didn't realise. They're. Uh, oh yeah. So you shouldn't you shouldn't have a mirror at the bottom of your bed. Why? Because demons can can come in through the mirror and they'll climb up your bed. But surely they could come in any mirror in your house and then just walk up the stairs. Yeah, but you're most vulnerable when you're asleep. Yeah, but they could still come through the mirror downstairs, walk up the stairs while you're asleep, and do whatever they were going to do then. Look. I'm just being logical. Of course. Last week I may have agreed with that, but I'm sorry, I have to take the stance of our fellow demonologists here (laughs) and say demons are real and mirrors are portals, and a demon will possess you. If you use a mirror. Okay, that's that's fine. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with it. Yeah, so, glad we got that sorted. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, back on track. Uh, Robbie Mannheim was a 13-year-old child in 1949. He was a bit of an introvert, and apparently the only kind of friends he had were his, his family friends, and he was very fond of his Aunt Harriet. Now, Harriet taught Robbie about spiritualism and the occult, and they kind of whiled away the hours trying to contact spirits and kind of using a Ouija board. Just normal 13-year-old stuff, I suppose. After Aunt Harriet had passed away Robbie was obviously destroyed he'd lost like his best friend and he didn't feel that he could speak to his mother or father about the spiritualism and the occult that that he had this connection with Harriet and it was maybe just before shortly after she died there were strange occurrences and strange noises that started happening around Robbie's house. Dripping water was heard, but they called out the plumbers and there was no leaks, nothing was found. There was no taps leaking, anything like that. There was scratching on wood heard sometimes between the walls and on the the floorboards. But again, they called out pest control. They couldn't find any mice, any any infestation there. And At least they went through the normal portals this time instead of calling the priest first thing like why don't we why don't we ring pest control first? Yeah, yeah, they did. But after they did that, then they went straight to it must be Aunt Harriet saying goodbye. Which is yeah. which is a, a big leap of faith. I mean, it, it Fair enough. They've had a look and they've, they've called out the experts and they've gone, nothing's wrong here. And then now they've just gone, and Harriet must be. It's the only thing that it could be. Yeah, so it probably wasn't Aunt Harriet, but they kind of got off this idea one night when Robbie's bed started physically shaking violently and he was moved from one side of the room to the other while still in his bed. And 
they 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 thought oh it's not Aunt Tilly it's a malevolent demon again quite a leap but that's where they went now why did th- they wh- why this is this is a question that I think would be asked a lot in most uh, demonic possession cases it's like why why do you not just just no yeah I don't understand it's just one of the the thing is they weren't religious they were both lapsed so they weren't especially going to church every Sunday like they didn't know they weren't on regular terms with the priest kind of thing they didn't read the bible or anything like that they were they were lapsed but they kind of went straight away to got to be a ghost in it uh which is which is really uh weird now what the family did after they've exhausted the uh the plumber and the rat catcher is they contacted their local Lutheran minister, Reverend Miles Schultz. Uh, and he was a little bit in your camp. He was open to the fact that things exist beyond this normal world. Yes, they do. Yeah. Uh, and he, he was actually of the opinion that Robbie was being uh, disturbed by a poltergeist. Why can't they make their minds up, whether it's a poltergeist or a demon, whether it's Aunt Harriet? See, now, those of us who who can speak with authority would actually say this would be the infestation stage of a possession. All right, uh, okay. So th- this is it's it's one of the first four traits of demonic possession, obviously, uh, and and the infestation is kind of like the the presence of evil. There's something untoward. There's a dark force. Uh, I mean, obviously, vexation is the next stage, which is physical attacks on the actual body it's trying to possess. Obsession would be the third stage, which is uh, mental uh, attacks where they start to hear voices and when uh, stuff flies across the room without anyone being near it kind of thing. And obviously the fourth one is actual possession, which is when when it goes right up inside you and uh, starts talking in weird voices and stuff. Uh, so yeah, so you can, you can have that. that. That's free. That piece Thanks. of education for you, you know. It is. Take that away. Uh, Might even do the course myself. Feel free. You can have my login. I tell you. Uh, <laughs> so, the Reverend, obviously, being a very upstanding member of the community, was uh, he had his thoughts that. This may just only happen to Robbie when he's in that house. So why doesn't Robbie come over and stay at my house? Mm-hmm. So some things never change in the Catholic Church, do they? <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. So the reverend, the good reverend, set up a mattress for Robbie in his own bedroom. And wow, that was good of him. Robbie slept over. Wow, what? Yeah. 
<sighs> I know. I mean, you, you can't be doing that. You reckon? You, you just can't. Even if, and why? Why were the parents like? Do you know what? We've not been to church for ages. We don't know you from Adam. But yes, take our young boy and let him stay in your bedroom. Yep. Even though it's on his own mattress. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, they did get some results. Uh, while Robbie was there, the mattress did shake. Take that however you want. <laughs> Uh, but okay. apparently the mattress started shaking. It flew under the reverence bed and started jumping up and down uh, oh. under the bed, which caused cuts on Robbie's face. Oh, God. Now, if, if I hadn't been recently ordained as a demon <laughs> demonology expert what I would say there is that a young child stayed over at a priest's house in the middle of the night his mattress was shaking he tried to fight back his attacker and got cuts on his face yeah I mean that's probably what it's dodgy as fuck the police report would say as well I think but uh, Schultz Passed him off to a local Catholic priest. It's getting worse now. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. Being passed around like a blunt. Jesus. Uh, wow. So he passed him over to Father Hughes, and apparently Father asked him to perform an exorcism. Now, you just can't perform an exorcism. You need permission to do it. It's a really big thing. Uh, so Schultz has gone from poltergeist to demon in like overnight quite literally overnight on this one mm -hmm. and he's passed it over to Father Hughes and Father Hughes contacted the bishop now Father Hughes doesn't have a clue how to perform an exorcism so he's probably thinking hoping that the bishop goes no he's just a young child who's got severe mental issues we need to get psychologists involved and the bishop went yeah no sort him out do it that'd be, be great <laughs> so in late February 1949 Hughes took Robbie into checked him into the Georgetown hospital under a false name and he tied Robbie to the bed here we go it just gets worse priests priests mm -hmm. uh so he tied Robbie to the bed and basically started saying prayers over the child. Now, an exorcism, it, it, is, it is one prayer, but you've got to keep repeating it over and over again. A lot of people, especially around about this time, it, they didn't, priests, it wasn't something that was taught how to do an exorcism. Which, for me, is a little bit weird because... Surely, if you believe in God, then you obviously believe in the devil because it's in the Bible. And okay. therefore, you have belief of demons. Yeah. And then if they're, if you're fighting against this evil, that's the devil and demons, why would you not, why would you lose that knowledge? True. I just don't understand, like, 
like around about this time, I think uh, in America there was well certainly in the fifties and sixties there was only about ten priests that had authority that could perform an exorcism. Nowadays it's up to like two hundred priests all over America. So they've started doing more education on it, but I just don't understand how you don't have that's you're there to protect from the devil and then when he turns up you go, Oh fuck, I don't know how to deal with this. Just, Do you think they like just kinda of kept it hush hush, like the knowledge because of like bragging rights? Yeah. I just think they were busy concentrating on other things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. Or that. Yeah, and then, yeah, that's that's it. That's what I, I can say to be honest with you. I don't think uh, I don't think a lot of uh, priests are there to help the community. I think they're there to help themselves to whatever comes across them. Uh, now, say that, in your course, it was okay to think that way. Well, obviously, I mean, I know, I, I know that's kind of like a blanket statement, and there are priests that go out on missionary work and, and do everything great and and that, but there are a lot of rapist paedophiles there as well. So, Canal, don't mince your words, Aunt. Just say it like it is. Swings and roundabouts, <laughs> in it. Well, Cardinal George Pell. You see, he was in the Vatican, wasn't he? And he was still diddling. So, <laughs> wow. Anyway. May have digressed a little there. A little. Uh, just so it's clear, I was never touched as a child. Like, just want to make that clear. Just hate priests. It touched as an adult. Well, enough, not enough, I'll tell you that. Not in a, not in a good way. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, Hughes is there and he's doing this exorcism. He's saying prayers. And basically, it just didn't work because Robbie got really pissed off broke free of his restraints, took a bed spring, and cut the priest from shoulder to wrist. Oof. So that kind of fucked up. And around about this time as well, there was strange... I'm going to say markings, but his mother thought they were words. And one day... This marking appeared on Robbie's body, and it said the word Lewis. So straight away she went, "We need to move to St. Louis." Well, that's a bit of a jump there. A lot of people in this story just make incredible leaps of faith with mm-hmm. with what's going on here. Uh, I mean, uproot the family, move across the country to go to St. Louis. I mean, they did have family there. So they had somewhere to stay. I think it was the father's brother lived there. So, I mean, they didn't just rock up and just start living on the streets or squatting or whatever. They had some somewhere to go. And they moved to a quiet suburb called Belnor, which is just outside the city of St. Louis. And uh, unfortunately, the demon followed them. Uh, Do so, they not think maybe he's... I don't know, maybe the demon was called Lewis. Do you know what? That was my first thought when I heard that. I was like, what? 
why would you just why would you not go looking for someone called Lewis? Yeah. Rather than go St. Louis. Yeah, That'd be the furthest thing on my mind. Yeah. That was a bit of a stretch. Yeah. It's, it's a bit nuts. So maybe yeah. But they move there. And the demon moved with them as well. I don't know if he carried all his stuff in a bindle or whether he had a carry-on. I don't know, but he turned up with them. And uh, there was instances of chairs falling on one. A uh, On one occasion, a book a bookcase moved across the room and it was, it was all pretty freaky. Uh, mm. Obviously, imagine if you're like the brother-in-law or a brother and this comes into your house and you're like what are you doing why have you brought this what, what's going on here <laughs> You'd be fuming, wouldn't you? yeah I'd like yeah you can stay but i didn't say you could bring the demon uh so now robbie's cousin was a student at St. Louis University, which is a Jesuit institution. Now, the Jesuits are part of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So, it's, there was lots of uh, lots of priests there who were lecturers. It's a big theology place. It's a big yeah, one of them places. Uh, what a waste of a degree. Yeah, she reached out to one of her lecturers, a Raymond Bishop. He wasn't a bishop, though. He was just Raymond just Bishop. His last name. Yeah, ironic. Uh, and who, in turn, contacted Father William Bowden. And they both went round to have a look, see what's going on with Robbie. And apparently, after witnessing some incidents... Father Bowden speaks to the bishop, not Raymond Bishop, but the bishop, uh, about an exorcism. And the bishop says, yeah, why not? They seem quite free and abandoned, these bishops, to give permission, rather than go, have you not called in a doctor? Yeah, like, for all, they're all like, you have to have permission before you can perform an exorcism. And then you're like, well... Can I have permission? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't. Uh, you don't even need to come in and ask. We can just give it you over the phone. It's all right. Don't yeah, worry. It's, it's not a big thing. Uh, but you need permission. Uh, so, Father Bowden didn't have any experience of doing this exorcisms. So he actually went into the vaults and started looking up historical. Uh, exorcisms and he took a lot of notes from the case of Emma Schmidt uh, the Anna Eklund case which is uh, which is an interesting case but mm-hmm. yeah which we may get on to another time oh, okay. but Bishop Bo- uh, so Bishop oh, I'm getting confused over all the bishops now Really fucking annoying. Maybe <laughs> that's my notes rather than the uh, the amount of bishops that we've got. So Raymond Bishop, uh, Father Bowden, and a scholastic scholar called Willie Walter Halloran visited Robbie throughout March and into April. They were performing the prayers of exorcism 
on him, try to get this uh, demon out. Now, Bishop wrote in his diary on the 18th of March, the prayers of the exorcism were continued and Robbie was seized violently, so he began to struggle with his pillow and the bed clothing. The arms, legs and head of Robbie had to be held by three men. The contortions revealed physical strength beyond natural power. Robbie spat in the faces of those who held him and at those who prayed over him. He spat relics and at the priest's hands. He writhed under the sprinkling of holy water. He fought and screamed in a diabolical high-pitched voice. Well, I mean, they were tying him down and shouting crap at him. Yeah, I, and I he's 13. Well. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, what I did actually read was he was uh, very accurate with his spitting. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, well done, Robbie. Uh, <laughs> on another occasion during an exorcism, Robbie punched Halloran in the face. <laughs> so, typical brat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on another occasion, he punched one of the priests in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, the place I would be going for first. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like direct hit. He's uh, he's just maybe maybe he's just an angry little child. That's all. It certainly uh, sounds that way, doesn't it? Yeah, he uh, during the day though, Robbie seemed quite at peace. He seemed to be just doing normal teenage stuff, like not punching people in bollocks, obviously, but uh, <laughs> normal good teenage stuff. And it was only at night where he like he'd fuck about and go mad. They, uh, the priests during this period, over this period of month period, got no positive results. So, again, priests are going to priest and they went, why don't we just move him away from his parents and adults that have, uh, that can watch over him and we'll take care of him. And they moved him to uh, quite a few places, to be honest. They, he was at uh, the the seminary and St. Louis University, but he actually ended up in the Alexian Brothers Hospital. Now, here, apparently, is where Robbie's stomach distended so badly and the gas he produced was so noxious that they had to open all the windows. (laughs) And now again, 13-year-old kid. It was just full of farts. They stink. Uh, it stink. Uh, on Easter Monday, which was April the 18th, Bowden woke Robbie early and told him they were going to take mass. Robbie started to contort and the demon mocked Bowden by saying, he has to say one more word, one little word, I mean one big word, he'll never say it, I'm always in him. Move on. Wow. <laughs> Move on. I may not have much power always, but I am him. I am in him. Keep going. He will never say that word. Father Bolden continued to say prayers over Robbie all this Easter Monday, and Robbie was just spitting and contorting and pretty much cursing up the place. He was probably bored. Yeah, I mean, he's been tied to all these fucking beds and had priests prod him. Do you know what I mean? Like, for days. Yeah. So, soon after, uh, during this time, Bolden 
tried to force a crucifix into his hand and Robbie broke free of two priests that were restraining him threw the crucifix across the room and a different male voice emanating from Robbie said Satan, Satan, I am St. Michael and I command you Satan and the other evil spirits to leave the body in the name of Dominus immediately. <laughs> now, now, now. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, moments later, Robbie woke up and the boy told the priests he's gone telling them that he had a dream of St. Michael, uh, the archangel, and in this dream, St. Michael came down from heaven and started battling the devil and all these demons, and he won. <sighs> now. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you want me to do with that, okay? Are you, I can't... How am I supposed to prove anything to you <laughs> give me stuff like this look at this, these, these are just the facts of the I, case i can't i can't sorry no yeah you can't do anything with facts i mean i know that i i, I completely understand that you you your lot likes made up stuff uh I, even my lot can't back this yeah uh it's it's a weird one there were points during his exorcism when Robbie apparently would start speaking in Latin and French and languages he, he had no knowledge of, uh, apparently. Halloran, who was there, said that he didn't actually put a coherent sentence together. He thought that he was just mimicking other priests that he'd heard speaking yeah these languages uh, or you know like when people do the you know when people put pretend accent like pretend yeah pretend accents on and it makes it sound like you know that they know french or spanish or chinese but the words are just totally made up yeah yeah it's oh, just like, Sacre bleu. yeah Bambamus. exactly uh-huh maybe he was just doing that and none of them could speak fucking latin or french or whatever either and they were just like oh my god he's speaking french and latin Really? What's he saying? I don't fucking know. I can't speak Latin. <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds like it, doesn't it? Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he always said Halloran had said he'd never heard the boy's voice change. He'd never heard him speak in any other voice than his normal voice. There was no demon voices. Father Bolden did go on to say that it was the realist. He, he believed it was a demonic possession. He... Uh, he he, kind of, he was un under the assumption that that was the only thing it could be. I mean, the Archdiocese of St. Louis did receive a formal complaint, a formal report. They decided it was not diabolical possession. It was just something a bit, meh. They, uh, they didn't, they, they didn't go any further on that, just to say, it's a bit, bit supernatural. Uh, they've closed the matter and they've put it under the papal seal. It'll never be opened because from their point of view, the case is closed. There's nothing more to say in it. So, done. Which is, I mean, 
that's probably how the church deals with most stuff. I, huh. uh, I suppose, really. No, yeah. nothing, 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 nothing. Put it, put it away we've in a locked drawer and forget about it. Yeah, we've seen nothing wrong. So uh, what we say matters. So yeah, fuck you, all you choir boys. <laughs> uh, Quite literally. Well, yeah, Jesus. Oh God. No, I don't uh, think Jesus did it. No, oh God. Uh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, it's it's so. <laughs> anyway, uh, there, an author called Mark Opusnack wrote the Cold Hard Facts, and this was uh, the Cold Hard Facts behind the story that inspired The Exorcist. Now he went and did some investigation. He went and spoke to Robbie's uh, childhood friends and his family, which is a bit weird considering Robbie's real name was never released. So he just went to speak to some people in a town somewhere, basically. But he did claim that Robbie was a spoiled, disturbed bully who threw deliberate tantrums to get attention or to get out of school. And after speaking to neighbours and childhood friends, he concluded that the boy had been a very clever trickster who had pulled pranks to frighten his mother and to fool children in the neighbourhood. That sounds accurate. So they basically, he was just saying, well, he's a dick, isn't he? Uh, he's a little shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah. I mean, this story and the way it was reported by the priests that were there, there is it was a diary that was kept by one of the priests and normally normally exorcisms and stuff like that are done in secrecy the least people that know about it uh, is the better but the bishop explicitly told Bowden to keep a diary just so they could go on and maybe train people in the future and apparently this was just found left in a drawer by some construction guys (laughs) Uh, so, yeah. They were really thinking about training for the future. Yeah, exactly. They just went, uh, yeah, that diary, uh, just leave it in that drawer, along with <laughs> that fucking report that we've got, and then lock it away. And then all the takeaway menus. Yeah, yeah. Stick it in a takeaway menu drawer. <laughs> and that ladle that <laughs> you can't open it. <laughs> Stop, <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Uh, the... The guy who wrote the Exorcist was it Peter eventually? I don't think it was. That's the uh, wrote Jaws. William Blakely. He actually went to St Louis University around about the, the time that this was happening. So this is where he got his inspiration for the Exorcist from. And I mean. I don't really think he was possessed. I don't think. I also would agree with that. I think he was, he was just possessed. a little shit who had mental issues, maybe some form of ADHD. I don't really know. But at the, at the end of the day, he was just a kid that was working his ticket, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. He was, uh, I think he played played the game there with yep. his uh, with his parents. But then, But then you've got to think on the flip side of it, great he's getting out of school but then he's got to hang around with priests and this lasted from like from february to april for two months that he's like 
hanging around with priests. I mean, is that a sacrifice to get out of school? I, I would. I would. I really hated school, so yeah, I, I would do it. But then again, I suppose it's oh, it's like a double-edged sword, isn't it? Like you get out of school, but then you're tied to a bed and shouted at, and you know, yeah, but then, priests for yeah. days on end. And then you punch, but you're punching them in the dick every now oh. and then. So and spitting in the faces. So yeah, but you could do that at school. You probably could, but I mean, I don't really think there were any very many repercussions uh, for mm. him when he was doing it to the priest as a possessed person. Whereas yeah. if you just walk up to a priest in the street and spit in the face, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not cool. Don't do that. I'm sure it happens, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty much very sure that does happen. But yeah, but I would expect them to probably punch me or something. Yeah, well, uh, it's priests, not very godlike, it? is it? Uh, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything there, really. You've done it again. I mean, it's been a terrible, terrible month for you, to be honest. Uh, and you did it deliberately? No, no, on paper, yeah. on paper, these all these four have looked reasonable. Did you just not read them aloud? <laughs> Is that what this was all about? You just didn't read them aloud because when when you read them aloud, even my even my lot would say, "What a load of shite!" Look, right? I get. I just see something and go, "Oh, that looks good," and then just do research on it. I don't read it through first time. Just go, "Oh, that, that seems interesting." Uh, that seems to be your downfall. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not my downfall. <laughs> I, 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 there's no such thing as demons and ghouls and ghosts. Uh, well, there is. You're just picking the wrong fucking stories. Okay. It's not. There is. It's not. Keep so, shame uh, the day to yourself. Yeah. Well, well do you know, great minds think alike. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, sorry. You uh, failed. Uh, Again. Again. Uh, but yeah, that was the... Uh, story that inspired the exorcist and as always this has been the <laughs> mo podcast with me consummation san and me atreya thank you all so much for joining us and <laughs> we shall see you next time when normal service has been resumed and we won't be talking about made up stuff and there'll be something believable something true that happened true yeah yeah thank the you all so much podcast. see you later bye, bye. the mo podcast the mo podcast the M.O. Podcast. <laughs>